Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Spooky Corner for season two. Yes, we survived for another season somehow. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> um, so, as a reminder, our podcast is about scary movies. Duh. Uh, and on our call, we have a scaredy cat, which is Z, and a horror fanatic, which is me. Which is Nati. <laughs> Me, which is nothing, yes. Um, so this season, we'll be introducing some new concepts into our podcast, including a drawing. And of course, we'll be bringing back our personal favorite, and hopefully your favorite as well, our pranks. <laughs> so uh, just to start off for the whole drawing concept, so Z and I are going to try to challenge ourselves artistically. And we are going to try to draw something that best categorizes our overall review towards the film after having watched each film for each episode in this season. Now, mind you, neither one of us are artists, so they are going to be comically bad. Yes, but you know, it's just inspired by the movie. So mm -hmm. inspiration can mean anything. I can say that my squares were inspired by the movie and it's fine. <laughs> and of course, we're going to be bringing back our pranks. Now, for those of you who don't remember, in our prank concept, we attempt to research some crazy facts about the movie. These are all actually lies. And we try to see if we can get them past the other person without them noticing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm excited. And I totally remembered to make a prank before with this recording, for sure. Yeah, she did. She has a <laughs> prank, guys. It's a really good one, I promise yep. you. <laughs> Absolutely. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be great. All right. So yeah, welcome back everyone and welcome to our first episode ever of season two. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we made it this far. Yes, yes. So typically whenever we introduce ourselves in an episode as well, we'll just rehash who we are and our roles within this podcast. And then we try to spice it up a little bit by relating ourselves directly to characters within the film. So my name is Nati, but for this episode, I am also to be known as the super annoying horror movie buff, Randy. Hello, Nati. Oh, God. <laughs> Hi, <Nate. laughs> I all two words. <laughs> great. It's, no, it's great. Keep going. <laughs> okay, okay. Hello, Nati. My name is Z, and I am a mysterious voice on the landline that you really shouldn't answer. Oh my god, mysterious voice. Who are you, unknown caller? Are you a killer? It doesn't matter. You're going to start crying now because okay. that's what you do. <laughs> Just because I'm a cancer does yeah. not mean... Does not mean... I'm kidding. Um... Good, good, uh, good serial killer voice, Z. I try. All right, so as you may have guessed, we're going to be talking about Scream, which neither of us have seen until like this time when we watched it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. But, any 
Anyway, what is Scream? Scream is a 1996 American slasher film directed by the late and great Wes Craven. This is the first time I have heard of him, but it's fine. The film stars some classic 90s actors such as David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Matthew Lillard, Jinkies. Yeah, he's in the live action Scooby-Doo movie, which is why I put Jinkies. Oh, okay. I I don't know that either, but cool. (laughs) And uh, Drew Barrymore. And the overall concept of this film was meant to satirize classic slasher films from the 70s and 80s, such as Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Craven's own Nightmare on Elm Street, all of which Nati and I both shockingly have not seen. But we're going to fix that this season. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, we should, especially Nati. You're a horror movie buff. Come on. (laughs) I know. I never. Okay, so quick disclaimer before I get any hate from our listeners. Um, Mm -hmm. I never really found much interest in the slasher subgenre of horror films. Mm. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is going to sound so douchey. But I much more prefer the elevated horror. That oh just my has, god you know deep intrinsic emotions and social commentary attached to them i know that sounds dumb and i'm i'm fully aware of like that. that main character in scream five. Oh no yeah which may or may not be our next episode oh no yeah. <laughs> oh yeah and then another fun fact for scream just going off of what you just said z so This movie is meant to satirize pretty much all of the other horror movies um, that were big within the 70s and 80s. And because of that, the movie was originally supposed to be called Scary Movie. And you'll actually hear the characters within Scream itself say like numerous times like oh my god what is this a scary movie? And that's literally them like just straight out referencing the previous title of this film ah and then then. that would make much more sense i know honestly like i'm kind of sad that they changed it just because that would have been funny but i what i do like about it is the fact that the scary movie franchise was later made and the first movie within that franchise paradises this movie scream oh Yeah, so it's literally like a parody of a satire of horror movies. So if you've seen a scary movie one or any of the scary movies, you know what it's about. Guess we're watching scary movie. If you want. Ah. (laughs) So anyways, uh, Z and I wanted to start off the season strong by watching for the first time ever the highest grossing slasher film of all time. So. Again, please don't roast me for not having seen this movie before. I know, should have gone to it sooner, but here we are now, going to be talking about this great film. Yay! Yay! So, now we're going to go into the plot summary. So, after the murders of their fellow classmates, news media descends on the small town and a police investigation begins. Sydney Prescott is struggling with the first anniversary of her mother's rape and murder, and a news reporter, Gail Weathers, who Sydney dislikes, arrives. Gail was responsible for spreading rumors and conspiracy theories about Maureen, uh, Sydney's mother's death, 
insinuating that the imprisoned Cotton Weary, who was found guilty for her assault, was not actually the perpetrator of her mother's killing. So basically, Cotton Weary was uh, framed. Yeah, so in the evening, while waiting at home for her best friend Tatum Riley to arrive, Sydney gets a taunting phone call and is Ooh. then attacked by the now-established killer Ghostface. Dun dun. <laughs> Sydney's boyfriend and um, honestly haughty Billy Loomis arrives <laughs> shortly after, a little, you know, suspiciously after. And when he's crawling through her bedroom window, he drops his. I'm not even going to call it cell phone. I'm going to say it's a portable phone because it's the 90s. He drops his portable phone. No, he drops his cellular telephone. That's what they were calling it. His cellular Oh my God, you're right. That is what they called it. Oh, Lord. This movie's already such a timepiece. I love it. So obviously, Sydney had previously received a phone call and she was being uh, just taunted by this killer. And then seeing the phone makes her suspect that Billy was perhaps maybe the killer and that causes her to flee and then billy is later arrested and then later on you know past a police department scene uh sydney is then safe at home with her best friend tatum when she receives another anonymous call except it's kind of hard to trace how that call could have been made because billy was of course in the in the police hands at the time (laughs) Yes, Billy was yes. arrested in the at the police time. hands. Yes, yeah, yes. Billy was arrested at that time. So then the next day, Billy's released, and Tatum's boyfriend and Billy's best friend, Stu Mocker, throws a party because, you know, what else do you do when there's a serial killer running around attacking a bunch of high schoolers other than yeah, throwing throw a party? Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah. That's what I would do too. Yeah, makes sense. Makes total uh-huh. sense. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so then while there, the killer murders Tatum by crushing her neck in the garage door. Honestly, in one of the most comedic scenes in the movie, I'd say. And then later, only Sydney, Billy, and their friend, Randy, Stu, and Gail, Gail and the cameraman, Kenny, remain at the house with a killer nearby. Dun dun. So then after they have sex, Sydney and Billy are confronted by the killer. Sydney escapes the house, but Kenny ends up getting killed. So then Gail tries to escape in her van, but the van crashes. Meanwhile, Dewey is stabbed in the back. Billy then reveals himself to be the killer, and then Stu shows up, talking into the voice changer, revealing himself to be the second killer. Sydney retreats into the kitchen, but then is cornered by the two. Billy and Sue discuss their evil plan to kill Sydney and pin the murder spree on her father, whom they have taken hostage. They also reveal that they murdered her mother and framed Cotton for it, as uh, Sydney's mother was having an affair with Billy's father, which is what drove uh, Billy's mother away. Gail intervenes, and the intervention allows Sydney to escape and then kills Stu. Billy then wakes up, because they always wake up, Mm -hmm. and attacks Sydney, but Gail shoots him. Randy is revealed to be wounded but alive and remarks that the killer always resurfaces for one last scare. As Billy starts to rise, Sydney shoots him in the head, killing him for good. Ooh, Ooh. beautiful. Intense. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So we're going to go for a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to break down each other's drawings. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) 
<laughs> All right, we'll be right back. And we're back. So Yay! I'm really excited uh, to look at your drawing, Z. But did you want to go first? Sure. Okay, so the way this works is that I will describe Nathie's drawing and she's going to describe my drawing. And I'm going to try to guess what hers means. Mm-hmm. So let's look. Hers appears to be in permanent marker on like a piece of like orange paper. It looks orange. Yeah, I I have no like paper accessible, you know, that like postgraduate life. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. it's fine. Yeah, but anyways, it's in permanent marker and it's a little cartoon and we've got ghost face and then we've got Nati. <laughs> Nati says... Oh, what? You're going to kill me now? Lame. And she looks like really, really just out of it. And she's rolling her eyes. And Mm -hmm. Ghostface goes, uh, please? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I think that this means that a lot of the characters acted dumb during the movie and you find Ghostface to be kind of dumb. We can definitely talk about this a little bit more, but... Mm -hmm. I do think it's fun to watch Stu be Ghostface because that man is clumsy as fuck. And I can totally see him being like, can I please kill you? Can I please? And yeah, and I just wanted to highlight the fact that this is meant to be a horror movie satire. So obviously Mm -hmm. I'm not taking the situation seriously as I should be. Mm -hmm. It works. Sometimes at some point, like especially the first kill in the beginning where she's like crying on the phone. It's like, just, oh my god just hang up the phone girl it's gonna I be know. okay like hang up the phone call the cops lock everything you should have done yeah. that like a while ago you should have done that when you got the phone call and it was weirding you out that's when you should have locked the doors yeah honestly i would have locked the doors like the second my parents weren't at home anymore but mm, that's yeah. also like me and i just love worrying about everything yeah yeah that's fair yeah <laughs> all right so <laughs> I asked you to go first because it's going to be so hard to describe your drawing. (laughs) But no, you're good. You're good. It's very abstract. And I appreciate the fact that it's different. I can only draw like a certain type of comic. So get ready to see a whole lot of that for the next season. It's all good. Yours will actually make sense. And then I'll just watch you like struggle through whatever I make. Well, get ready for some struggling. <laughs> so um, Z's drawing, which, by the way, dear listener, if you want to get a visual of our drawings, then go ahead and head to our Instagram, the Ooh. underscore spooky underscore corner. Quick plug. But anyways, so Z's drawing is it's in the shape, the outline of Ghostface. And it's made of a bunch of concentric circles that are all swirling around. Um, It was supposed to be a spiral. Okay, okay, that helps. (laughs) And I think what Z is trying to say, and please, for the love of God, stop me. Just stop me. (laughs) Um, I think what she's trying to say is the fact that the story is very well woven in terms of the plot because even though like it's some things are very uh, like outright like billy obviously looks like a serial killer you know 
um, you still go through the entire movie your first time watching without knowing who the killer or killers actually are. So even though Mm -hmm. the movie itself feels very familiar in its formula, it does a good job at weaving you in through this spiral and and it keeps you guessing as to who the killer really is. Okay, you made it sound a lot better than I was thinking about it. I was like, this movie is very convoluted. Let me just draw a spiral. <laughs> okay, my explanation was super convoluted. Like, <laughs> No, I mean, you made it sound elevated. I was just like, I was confused for most of this movie. Oh my I like God. spirals. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yeah. I Okay, so I did want to touch on that a little bit before our character breakdown, which is typically the next session section within our podcast. So this was my first time ever watching the movie as well. Mm-hmm. I had no idea who the killer was. I had no idea what was going um, on at yeah, all. Yeah. They did a really good job at putting in different red herrings and reframing mm-hmm. certain scenes that makes you just like constantly question yourself. Yeah. Yeah. No, you are absolutely right. Like the way they filmed like the killer's boots and then the principal had on boots. I was like, what if it's the principal? And then like the principal's like talking over the loudspeaker. And I was like, his loudspeaker voice kind of sounds like the killer's voice, but it wasn't the principal. Yeah. Constantly getting thrown off like that. Yeah. And there were, I feel like there were a bunch of red herrings as well. Mm -hmm. Not just like visually what the directors did, but plot wise, Mm -hmm. um, You know, like the first opening scene that you get, which I would argue is like one of the best scenes I've seen in a horror movie. Mm -hmm. That's when uh, Drew Barrymore's character is being stalked by the killer and Mm -hmm. she ends up going through this increasingly escalating phone call with the killer until she finally ends up dead. Mm -hmm. I think they did a really good job at deflecting and making you wonder, you know, who who are the killers really after? Like, first they kill this random girl and her boyfriend, and then they kill mm-hmm. the school principal. Like, there's not really a pattern that you typically yeah. see within, you know, like, real-life serial killers. And, yeah. like, obviously, like, Sydney's going to be the final girl in the target because she's the main character. But if if this movie were real life, I would have no fucking idea who's next. Yeah, I mean, I kind of, like, I kind of feel like they kind of had to use Stu to explain this, though, because if it were just mm. Billy, I feel like his target would literally be Sydney's mom, Sydney, <laughs> Sydney's dad, Ooh. maybe his own dad, too, maybe not, but, okay. like, you know, like, I kind of feel like, 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 the two-killer thing was a way of, like, saving that, if that makes sense. Okay, so... So let me let me see if I'm understanding this. So you're saying yeah. that Stu and his spontaneity and his clumsiness, it was what helps, you know, like lead off the trail or fully yeah, understand because, who the target is. Yeah. Yeah, because like, I mean, I was reading and they wanted to say like, oh, the killer has no motive. That's scarier. But also the killer should have a motive. So they gave one of them, them a motive and mm-hmm. made, they made the other one just crazy. And like, I mean- yeah, I think the only way that was going to work was, um, you know, yeah, like the the idea of centering it around Sydney. The only way that would work is to have someone like Stu there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, also, mm-hmm. I have a fun fact. Um, so for my drawing, I drew like the ghost face mask. 
But yeah. like originally when they first got the ghost face mask, did you know what it was called? What? It was called the cashew eye mask. Because the eyes look like Girl, that. you are not pulling this prank. <laughs> you are not pulling so I swear this is real. This is real. <laughs> okay, I'm gullible. But I'm not that gullible. Okay, fine. It is a prank, but you want to know what it was actually called? What was it called? <laughs> The almond eye mask. Oh my god, I knew it's you were going to <laughs> How did I know? It's just as bad. How did I know? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I mean, I know it's bad, but like, <laughs> the real name isn't much better. You can't see me right now, uh, dear listeners, but I'm actively shaking my head. <laughs> All right. Blame the creators for that one, please. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as a pivot though and uh, move on to our character breakdown, if you don't mm-hmm. mind, Z. Yep. So going off of what you said for Stu, mm-hmm. um, since we were just talking about him, I will say Stu is definitely like the bo- like he's definitely like the wild card of the film because you never suspect him you know like yeah he's best friends with billy and they're close but you would never suspect him to be capable of murder well so, there was that scene where he was taunting um mm-hmm. uh sydney right there was that scene where he's like oh, yeah. yeah 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 there was that scene where they were talking about like shortly after Drew Barrymore's character and her boyfriend had been killed, they mm-hmm. were casually talking about it. And Tatum says something along the lines of how do you even gut a person like that? And mm-hmm. then Stu starts going into the fucking like the the fucking First analytics. You slice them in half. Yeah. You pull their stuff. Yeah. 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 Like then he starts going into the mechanics of it. And it's like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> didn't want to know that yeah yeah but like once again because they're teenagers you're not sure if they're just being dumb or Mm -hmm. like if it's real yeah yeah especially since throughout the rest of the film Stu is characterized as being like the goofy character that says things that are kind of out of line or maybe aren't and reckless yeah like oh he might just be like that yep yeah like no big deal but yeah I wouldn't mind re-watching this film just so I can like focus in a little bit more on Stu and Billy's interactions because they're like micro reactions that you can see in the film that you know aren't really meaningful until you know what's actually going on yeah but yeah my my biggest comment overall on Stu though is that he is definitely like the most unsettling character because he has no true motive for violence other than yeah. the adrenaline rush that he gets from it. Especially when like, like, cause honestly at the end, I didn't even really believe that Stu and Billy were the killers until they started stabbing each other and saying, we have no motive. And then I was like, oh, this could actually be real. But like, like, yeah, they were very good at keeping you just going mm-hmm. like, maybe they're just really funny or something. Yeah, like they're yeah, just, it's yeah. fake blood. It's more corn syrup with red dye or whatever the fuck yeah. Billy said. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> yeah, like it did. It also did terrify me a lot around like mm-hmm. the end of the film after Stu had been stabbed and he's like, I'm being a little woozy. And like, it just shows how truly unhinged their characters are because that man will literally get stabbed and be 
open to it and then just and like he doesn't even have any true concern for himself yeah he's just like oh i got stabbed knife funny blood yeah yay and like that was it that was all he said like he had no care for himself like that's when you truly see just how detached he is and it's freaky like that scared the crap out of me yeah yeah no that was very very terrifying but uh speaking of Stu, what did you think of our other killer billy <laughs> so mm. billy and i have a fun fact for billy so um there <laughs> are a real fun fact yes yes it's a oh. real fun not okay. like your your alvin <laughs> it's real what can i do <laughs> wait are you serious yeah it's no real. I'm not. No, I'm not falling for. Oh my god! I just googled Alvin Massey, and it just came up with a bunch of face masks. I hate this. <laughs> That's so ugly. Okay. Anyways, so um, so uh, there are obviously a lot of references to great slasher classics from the '70s and '80s in this film, mm-hmm. including um, including Halloween, mm-hmm. and one of the little like sneak references within this film is that Loomis that last Mm -hmm. name Loomis actually Mm -hmm. pertains to a character from Halloween so oh yeah so there's literally characters that they've almost lifted which I think Uh. is pretty neat Mm -hmm. anyways so going back to your question Z so I think Billy is definitely more of like the stereotypical serial killer that you would hear about um Mm -hmm. just because he tends to be you know, he has a motive, mm-hmm. you know, he, he clearly has a lot of anger and he blames Sydney and her mom, especially for having caused severe abandonment issues. Like that boy needs therapy. Yeah. Severe yeah. abandonment issues. But it's also fun because you kind of find out throughout the movie that motive is incidental, which yeah. is kind of what Randy was saying when they were in the video store. Yeah. So yeah, I do think it's fun the fact that Billy has enough of a motive that's like believable, but yeah. they don't really try to hound on it at all. You know, yeah. it kind of like makes it a little bit more like real in that way. Yeah, yeah, no. And I think I think it was really smart how they kept using like the the second killer to throw us off of Billy. Mm-hmm. because you know it was true Billy is the one who kind of has this brooding look in his eye and kind of vaguely sounds like the voice recorder guy and he had his phone in his pocket the night that uh Sydney was attacked so it was really like the second killer thing definitely kept us guessing until the end about who Billy was also I remember you said this Billy looks like Johnny Depp <laughs> therefore he must be the killer yeah oh makes sense this is this is gonna be really mean i said that billy loomis's actor looks like a dollar dollar store discount johnny depp i mean i agreed with you so okay yeah okay thank you i feel less bad (laughs) but yeah i do think that billy is a great killer he's definitely the more meticulous of the two which is like again which is why i want to go back and try to guess which killer is which yeah and i also just think it's fun overall the fact that the love interest is a serial killer in this because it also just naturally spawns some 
you know, hesitation to accept the fact that he could be involved because of how close he is to our dear final girl, Sydney. Yeah, and how, like, he genuinely appeared to care for Sydney at some point, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah. He was interesting. I feel like they did a really good job of making a lot of the characters feel off. Like I'm thinking back to the first interaction that Mm -hmm. we see Billy have Mm -hmm. with Sydney and he's Mm -hmm. literally saying like, I saw the exorcist and it reminded me of you. Like, dude, what the fuck? (laughs) Who says that? Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Like he appeared to care, but then he was also kind of creepy. But then you were like, oh, maybe he's just a teenager, even though none of the kids in this movie look like teenagers. (laughs) Like, you know, maybe he's just being an edgy teenager who doesn't know how to express his feelings. And then, yeah, yeah, it was a good mix of uh, things. Oh my God. I love 90s movies because no one looks like they're actually teenagers and it's just very clearly people in their 30s. (laughs) To be fair, I think their styles didn't help. Like, also because we're we were kids in the 90s so all the adults we saw dressed like that so we just have this image of if you're wearing 90s clothes you must be adult that's that's fair yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so speaking of billy let's move on to sydney so what did you think of sydney z i want to say this like as a general comment about like all the female actresses but i feel like and this might go too much into like Scream 5, but if you compare the way that these actresses look to like the way that modern actresses look, it's actually really interesting to see the standard of beauty. Like, I just feel like in the 90s, they looked a lot more natural. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And like, I mean, I think especially the actress for Sydney, she has like a very unique look that uh, that you probably wouldn't see as much on the screen today. You yeah. can definitely tell that... Um... Mm-hmm. tastes have shifted a little bit in terms mm-hmm. of fashion and how that's portrayed in cinema mm-hmm. yeah but like I mean even just like the way that she looked but um I mean overall as a character I thought that Sydney was like really smart probably like the only smart one out of <laughs> I mean to be fair Gail was also very smart but like in terms mm-hmm. of yeah Sydney was pretty smart she survived and she seemed to have a compelling story with the thing with her mother so yeah yeah. yeah I so obviously I've seen a crap ton of horror movies mm-hmm. I will agree with you she was very intelligent in how she dealt with the situation mm-hmm. honestly I would be as bold as to say she's one of my favorite top five at least final girls um it's just so much fun to see her get chased at by the killer and then you know be able to escape or at least run away yeah yeah like running away for superpower yeah yeah Yeah. like she's really good at like running away and not dying (laughs) which is great Mm -hmm. good good basics for a final girl right um Mm -hmm. but she is also smart in the sense that she doesn't let her emotions get in the way of a threat So even early on, she first suspects her boyfriend of being the killer just because there were way too many things adding up Mm -hmm. after she had just been attacked. So I do respect her a lot. I wonder if part of that stems from the emotional detachment that she has from, you know, PTSD of her mother's attack. Yeah. But I think... No, I will agree with you. I think some of that emotional detachment definitely comes from the PTSD, but... Like, 
it it was convincing yeah it was very well done um and it even like she suspects her boyfriend with such conviction the first time that I was like okay yeah it's him yep Mm -hmm. cool we're done (laughs) we're done I thought she was overreacting I was like it's probably just the PTSD getting the best of her I mean anyone could have a cell phone but Mm-hmm. But like, I mean, the more brooding Billy got, the more it was like, oh, maybe she's onto something there. <laughs> maybe yeah. he is the killer. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I also like the kind of inversions that her character had. So like, you remember mm-hmm. one of the rules, they were like, don't have sex. And then she has sex and she still survives. And then another one is where like, you kind of almost expect her and Gail to become enemies, but they become friends. Or at least they don't hate each other by the end of it. You know, they work as a team. Yeah, Yeah, I do. I do love seeing that storyline a lot just because Mm -hmm. I see them both individually as being like these very strong, intelligent women. And I love, oh, I love seeing characters like that come Mm -hmm. together and thrive and help each other out. Yeah. Yeah. Like they didn't have to like go the whole movie fighting each other, which I really liked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But they did a really good job at setting up the hatred between them. Yeah, yeah, like it made sense why they hated each other, but it was also good to see that change over. Mm-hmm. Also, for Sydney, can we talk about how? So the okay, so the first interaction she has with Ghostface, uh-huh. it literally happens the day after her classmates are murdered. Yeah, yeah, and she gets this call from an unknown caller, and she's essentially like taunting the killer in a way like she's saying things like oh what are you gonna do are you gonna kill me like oh can you see me right now opens the door yeah like literally like the fact that she's like just actively taunting this asshole after there's been serious murder in her high school is like damn i mean that's why like I thought she was maybe like just a little bit reckless you know like she was accusing her boyfriend she was taunting the killer I was like maybe she's a little bit confused or like everything else but then as the story went on and you got to see her grow that was good too like even though you know Billy ended up being a horrible person I'm glad that she still like overcame her trauma and was like you know what I do want to have sex with Billy because I do love him at least at this point before I realized that he's the killer and everything like she got to have an emotional arc of some mm-hmm. kind yeah, yeah for sure yeah. I wouldn't know if it's like necessarily recklessness on her part I think it, again it kind of goes back to the PTSD mm-hmm. like it might be one of those things where like she's already been through hell yeah so yeah. Uh, she's not as afraid of it as someone without having those post-traumatic stress disorder would be yeah, that's fair but like it's still reckless to open the door to your house when you know the serial killer is possibly outside yeah <laughs> yeah you know makes for a good movie i'll give him yeah, that makes for a good movie. <laughs> definitely fun to watch but like yeah yeah, yeah. oh let's move on to gail i love gail. oh i loved gail yeah yeah okay yeah. good she was so smart and she was so good at putting information together and like yeah like the fact that she ended up being right about cotton weary not being her mother's killer was like oh yeah yes yeah and like the fact that like you know she even when sydney was like yelling at her she could tell like oh these things are related i see i'm like so and i mean even the way that she played dewey not that i approve of playing people like that but like i definitely think that you know she did what she had to to get the scoop and to to keep her career going and stuff like that 
Yeah. They, they, you know, that ends up working out eventually. Yeah. I don't think it should have worked out. (laughs) Oh, yeah. We can come back to that (laughs) in a sec. I will say in terms of the budding relationship that she has with Dewey in this movie, um, it was very nice to see, you know, a very smart, dedicated, beautiful, intelligent woman who is very, very passionate about her career and what she Mm -hmm. does. And I also like seeing the fact that she's also open to experiencing some more deeper emotions. Like, I do agree with you. She was definitely playing Dewey at first, but then later on in the film, when both their lives were on the line, that's when her true emotions like kind of started to show a little bit. Yeah. That's fair. Like at the beginning of the movie, she kind of comes across as this like harpy or vulture just wants the good story and Mm -hmm. wants to prey on it, even if it's like decaying and rotten and gross. But Mm -hmm. as it goes on, you know, she's also fighting for her life and she's kind of like Sydney in that way and that they kind of start off emotionally a little bit off and then they get better as things happen. Oh, yeah. We yeah. love well-rounded characters. It's yeah, we juicy. love character growth. Oh, yes. so juicy. Growth. Oh, yes. Yes. I love it. Excellent yes. writing. Woo. <laughs> so yeah, I'm going to take that as a kickoff point. Mm-hmm. Um, so, <laughs> all right. So be honest. What did you think of Dewey? He was okay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, you know, Dewey was there. And <laughs> he was kind of useless. Um, he, yeah. Yeah, I feel like this movie didn't do Dewey justice. But I do feel like that did give way for the focus of the film to be on these strong female characters. So yeah. part of me is like, okay, you can be the dumb deputy. Like, that's fine. Yeah, I mean, I do think I would have liked to see Dewey, like, because when he starts off, he's kind of like, oh, my God, I just got on the police force, burr, burr, burr. And I would have liked to see him become a more competent police officer at the very least. Mm-hmm. And he kind of does, but, like, I would have liked to see that more. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't really, like, fully come across, especially mm-hmm. not compared to other people's character growth. Yeah. I kind of wish that he had a little bit more of a role in terms of taking down the killers um you know other than just getting stabbed sorry that's horrible but (laughs) but um no for sure I mean because that would have made me understand more about why Gail and Dewey are together because the way that the movie came across it was like Dewey's kind of the scared little boy and Gail is a super accomplished woman who was obviously like kind of using him for information and if if there had been something where Dewey could grow a little bit more, I could kind of see how they would get along as a couple. Like, that yeah. would make sense. Maybe yeah. that's what the sequel's for. Oh. Uh, <gasps> uh, okay. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I did want to touch on another character, uh, which is Tatum Riley. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She, so Tatum is um, Cindy's best friend. Mm-hmm. and her her wait not her brother her brother's her brother's dewey yeah okay cool yeah yeah dewey's yeah. little sister yes she's dewey's little sister um mm-hmm. i do want to say like she, i did enjoy the scenes with tatum she mm-hmm. does present herself as a very believable best friend um yeah. and it's kind yeah. of funny how 
at certain points she's not careful at all with what she says to her friend Sydney who like clearly has PTSD yeah yeah like to the point where she mentions the fact that like oh my god those murders that happened nothing as bad as that has happened in town since dot 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 your mom got murdered like shit like that that was just like can you ma'am ma'am that's what friends are for like don't stop no don't say that please but that's what friends are for yeah yeah no I do agree it is kind of a relatable dynamic to have a friend that like just talks exactly as it is even when they shouldn't oh yeah Yeah, yeah. I will okay and I will say I feel like they kind of gave her like did her dirty by giving her such a stupid death scene Fair, but like I think this also goes back to the Dewey problem we were having. Like, there's just not that much room, especially in a satire, for all the characters to grow. So, like, the fact that we had Sydney and Gail both grow a little bit was probably all we were gonna get. That's yeah, that's yeah. fair. Yeah, I feel like she was like quickly typecast as being like one of the victims in the film. You know, like the entire time I was just expecting her to die. I see. Yeah, I didn't get that because I haven't watched enough horror movies, but I was like, oh, she seems nice until she went to the basement. And then it was like, oh, right. It's like never go to the basement by yourself when there's a serial killer out in town when you're also throwing a party, you dumbass. Yeah. What the what? Why? My God. Oh, I know. I can't wait to talk about Scream 5. Oh, yeah. I mean, no spoilers but uh scream five was great we loved it yeah it was wonderful i'm so happy i paid money to see that movie i know i know right (laughs) paying money to see that movie was so rewarding top top 10 choices of 2022 so far (laughs) wow i've only seen one movie in 2022 and it's already in the top 10 (laughs) Oh, okay. Sorry. Real quick before we close out, I did want to talk about one more character. Uh-huh. So I did want to touch base real quick on Randy, who once again, dear audience, is our horror movie buff. So I love any movie that has situational irony in it. Ah. Uh. Yeah. And I think my favorite scene of the film was, you know, when they're in the house post-party because people have cleared out Mm -hmm. because for some reason they had to go out and celebrate because their principal died or whatever I don't know really shitty reasoning but we're not gonna we're not gonna pick that right now I did like the fact that he's watching the Halloween movie which of course is his favorite movie which is understandable and he's like literally yelling at the screen the killer's right behind you. Turn around. Turn around. Yeah. And at that point, Ghostface is literally right behind him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That that was Chef's kiss. Perfect. I mean, he did guess that Billy Loomis was the killer, and he was right. So yeah. 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 And I also love the scene where like Everyone's in the video store for some reason. I don't know. It's the 90s. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, he literally yells out, like, look at this. Everyone's a suspect. Yeah. And, like, it's just, it's so funny. Because at that point, literally, I was like, holy shit. I don't know who it is. <laughs> like, See, like, I I was so unaware. I was like, maybe the killer's none of them. Maybe it's, like, some secret ninja in the dark. Like, mm-hmm. But, like, I think 
that was probably one of the things that I missed because I just didn't see like the movies that it's satirizing so maybe if I'd seen those and it's like one of the characters is the killer I would have gotten it but I was like mm-hmm. what do you mean I don't think any of them are the killer nobody's the killer the killer is just a ghost <laughs> ninja guy <laughs> they did people didn't actually die that's just yeah. corn syrup yeah yeah they're still alive it's fine yeah, no the killer just pops into existence to kill someone and then he disappears from existence it literally can't be any one of the characters no yeah that's why that's how they're everywhere at the same time right it's not like there's two of them yeah weird oh all right that is all i had for a character breakdown yeah yeah i'm gonna reveal the prank now yeah what's the prank it was peanut eyed mask oh my god I was like, cashew? It vaguely looks like a cashew. We're going to throw that one out first. You were like, that's too suspicious. Almond. (laughs) With the peanut eye mask? It is the peanut eyed mask. Oh my God. Don't believe me. You Google it. That's what it is. I keep getting a bunch of face masks. Thanks, Google. Okay. Like, um, (laughs) let me see. Let me see. No, the mask itself is known as the peanut eyed ghost. I was wrong. It's known as the peanut eyed ghost originally. And then the Scream movie wanted to take it. And then they made him Ghostface and they let the Scream movie take it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Ha ha ha, I got you! <laughs> I just, okay, so I know, I do love the fact that this mask already existed. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the, in the world, you know, in our, our day-to-day world. And yeah. Wes Craven was just like, yeah, no, this is good. Yeah. I want to take this mask and yeah, no. let's negotiate with the copyright holder for however long it takes for us to get this mask. Yeah, like this is this is great. Let's buy yeah. a, a whole bunch of these. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, and it was called the peanut-eyed ghost. So <laughs> oh my gosh. That's a that's a good name. Yeah, that's a pretty good name for it. I like that. Yeah. I mean, it does kind of look like it has cashew eyes, right? Like mm-hmm. Because cashews look like peanuts, so it makes sense. It looks more like cashews than peanuts. Ah, so you see, yeah. I should have been right. It was a good name. <laughs> it wasn't even a prank. It's just a petition to rename the mask. Yeah, cashews, cashews. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> All right, so overall, did you enjoy this movie, Z? I was very scared at the beginning. Like, even though the girl was crying within like two minutes and I was like, this is not realistic. I am also terrified. So yeah, that that opening sequence was insanely intense. Yeah. And I didn't even like understand why, because the moment the killer came out, it wasn't scary anymore. It was like, here's a guy in a Voldemort costume and a white mask. Yeah. Like you, you look at it and you're like, that looks dumb. I'm not going to take that seriously. Yeah, but like, I definitely think the suspense was really well done, especially in the phone call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I honestly, like, I just want to watch this movie again and again. Mm-hmm. There's so many, like, hidden nuggets, I feel like, that I wouldn't mind uh, just enjoying now that I know who the killers are. 
And yeah, no, I, I agree mm-hmm. with you. I think this is like the first movie we've watched where I'm like, oh, I want to watch it again now. Yay. Even though it's terrifying, I want to watch it again. Oh my God, yay, we finally yay. did it. Yay, <laughs> season three, episode one, scream again. No. <laughs> <laughs> hey everyone, so we, we now have a three hour breakdown of scream. Hope Last you time enjoy. It was an hour. This time it's three hours. We really got into. <laughs> oh my god! It's a minute. It's a frame by frame breakdown of the movie. Oh, or it's a screamathon where we review one, <gasps> two, three, four, and five, and we hate ourselves at the end. Oh my god! Not a screamathon. <laughs> oh, but yeah, I love this movie. I love Wes Craven. Mm-hmm. He's. I don't know face. who that is, but I will know more of him soon. You shall, yes, very soon. Yes, very soon. Yes, very soon. <laughs> All right, everyone. So thanks so much for joining us for our first episode yet again. If you want to learn more about our podcast and, you know, get some of those neat little drawing visuals in your yes, Instagram you feed. The, you need these in your life. They're really good. Also, there will be the opportunity for you to draw your own reactions and we'll Ooh. share them on the Instagram too. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. So yeah, go ahead and check us out on Instagram at the underscore spooky underscore corner. Most of our announcements are made through there. Feel free to email us at spookycornerpodcast at gmail.com with any suggestions that you might have or any mm-hmm. comments on the film. Bye. Oh, wait, wait. If you want more website fun reviews, you should go to natispookycorner.com. That's N-A-T-Y-S spookycorner.com. Yeah, check it out. Woo! It's a bunch of my shitty writing. Yeah. No, it's Woo! not shitty. It's great. Woo! Alrighty, bye y'all. Bye. Bye.